mean, you're eating an air one, right? So obviously they got it for me though. Like, huh? like they, like usually if I haven't eaten and everybody knows I haven't eaten shit, they'll be like, oh, we're going to go to blah, blah, blah. Do you want something? I always just say yes, but then it just sits on the counter for like three hours. If I don't go eat it when they come back, no yeah. one's like, they don't alert me when the food's there. You know what I mean? So I just right. had to go eat that shit like 30 minutes ago. Oh, I get it. They got it for you and it sat. So it sat, sat in the bed. hot bar for six hours and it sat at your house for another four. Exactly. Right. But there was no heat lamp at my house, you know? There's no heat lamp. So you got some, what'd you get in the hot bar? Uh, if I don't tell Dylan anything, you met Dylan. If yeah. I don't tell Dylan anything, he just gets a chicken, the buffalo cauliflower. <laughs> you don't tell him anything. Yeah. yeah. And then like a sweet potato or like the rice or something. But sometimes I'll specify like I want a fish today. I want a whatever. Yeah, I do the salmon, Japanese potatoes, and then the green beans, which is the less... The least greasy thing at the Air One. Are the green beans bar. always there though? Because you can bet the cauliflower is there 100% of the time. Cauliflower lives there permanently. Yeah, strict. Cauliflower is like, has permanent residence at Air One. But, um, and I ate there two nights ago and I looked at my friend and I was like, this is bullshit. This shit ain't healthy. <laughs> I can see the oil all over everything. Like, yeah. depends on the one you go to, I think. I mean, there's two. Pick, pick. I mean, which one? Well, the Studio City. No, there's one in the Valley now. Oh, there's one on the West Side too. Actually, there's like four. The Valley one. They also just opened Equinox there too, and the standards, like the standards at both, are very high because it's the first like right. three months. Right. Oh my God! I went to the new Equinox for the first time today. It's like every machine works perfect, and you're used to like when you sit at certain stuff, like you know there's gonna be like a little jumble, like you know like some of the metal shit like doesn't fit perfectly and you gotta like scoot it over. Like today, every single machine was just perfect. I like, I like your problems, yeah. I like your, I like nah, your nah. <laughs> He's nah. like, listen, when you go to Equinox, sometimes the machine jangles and jingles. You're nah. an Equinox guy. Yeah, low key. They got the eucalyptus hot towels, right? They, Isn't that kind of the selling point over it, there? That's how they got me there was that in the sauna because I didn't want to do anything. The and then sauna. they started being like, yo, you just go sit in the sauna for 20 minutes and then like go run and then just use the towels and you'll like it. Okay, let me ask you, because I almost joined Equinox, because I go to a gym. I almost joined Equinox just to have access to the sauna. I feel like you go to like Gold's in Venice or no. like some tough shit. Yeah, like, I mean, I, I do go to a jiu-jitsu gym. Okay. But I mean. That's a whole different thing though. That's not like your like daily cardio, your daily. No, I do like, everything there. Really? Yeah, yeah. I have a, I go to that gym, but they also, it's half. Half of the gym is jiu-jitsu. Shout out to UACTP. Okay. Uh, half of it's jiu-jitsu. The other half is like, it's like, you know, the current mode of training, which is a cross between like uh, Jim Jones, CrossFit, military. You know, it's like box jumping and fucking Jim Jones? deadlifts. Yeah. That's what a, is no, no, no. That's a, there's a, there's a, a, a thing called Jim Jones. If you had your little Google screen up, we could check him out. Jim Jones. It's like, it's like all military inspired CrossFit accented shit. It's you not like vamp life. It's not like Jim Jones. I wish, <laughs> I wish there was, I wish there was a vamp life workout. It's like, it's like, it's like quarter cup of lean, 16 codeine, 20 burpees. Bro, Jim Jones. Do you vamp remember when vamp life was popping off? Vamp life was going hard. I think Fuck. like him and he must've had like a, a lawsuit with V-Loan or something. I, there must have been an issue because he just stopped cold turkey one day. No more vamp life. I think that he was Jim pushing Jones, it so hard. He, yeah, and I think that he is such a hustler <laughs> that he can make anything work. The best thing of all time with Jim Jones, best Jim Jones story is I met him in Atlanta when I was like 19 years old in a lobby of like some W hotel in Atlanta. And he was getting a toothbrush and I was talking to him. I was like, hey, Jim, I'm like here for this label. I got beats, whatever. And he gave me his number. 
I saw him two years ago at uh, Yams Day, at mm-hmm. like the ASAP thing in New York. And I went up to him and I was talking to him for a minute. And now it's like, I have a career now. It's like, yeah. I got introduced to him from somebody, whatever. And I was like, oh, I met you like nine, 10 years ago. I was like, I'm sure you don't got the same number. And he's like, I don't owe anybody money. I got exactly the same number. And I was like, that's <laughs> pretty tight. He did, number. he had the same number for 10 years. I got the same, I got the same number also. I haven't changed my number yet. Really? Yeah, I did I'm it for the first time like two years ago. It is freeing. You, sh- you shook off a lot of people. It's not even about that. I'm not even like popping to where it's like, oh, like this many people are hitting me all the time for this and that. It's just nice to like start fresh and you know that anything someone doesn't need to hit you about, they're not hitting you about. Because if they needed to hit you, they're going to go another route. They're going to go to someone who they know knows you, Instagram, something. Everything that like wasn't serious just kind of dissipated. You shook off a bunch of crumbs, sounds like. Sounds like you you did one of these. That feeling too is like, oh, you got the the new number and you're like, nah, nah, I'll give it to you. And then you don't have to for a certain amount of time. You can keep certain people at bay. It's a beautiful thing. You just keep them off. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you can have entire relationships with people without even having their phone number at this point. Totally, it's amazing. No, I like in my early twenties when I was, I used to DJ and like play all these shows everywhere. I would only give people my Snapchat and just never give them my number ever. Yeah, but I think that app is disgusting. I deleted that app a couple years ago. Yeah, I hate that. I mean, I'm not. I hate to like out myself, but I still. I don't think I ever. I started using Snapchat when it came out and every once in a while I'll look at it for some disgusting thoughty reason to like look at something <laughs> and I can't, I don't even know how the fuck it works. I don't even, I look at there, I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. It feels like being on 4chan or it's, something. Yeah, it's, 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 like, it's, it just it's, feels dirty. Just that right. feels dirty. And it, it but, but it's, uh, it's, it's only intuitive to a certain type of person. Like I don't naturally know how to work it. I know how to work most things. I can open yeah. up anything and be like, boop, boop, boop. This shit, I, I, it doesn't make sense to me. I don't know what I'm doing wrong. I think, I think I'm aged out of that app. I feel like th- like this is make me sound so old, but I think TikTok's the hardest app there's ever been. It's like why is that hard? It just there's so much work into like a basic TikTok. Like a basic TikTok would be like like a collection of videos with text overlaying oh, yeah. on top of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? With like transitions and shit. It's like yeah. it's like minor video editing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like yeah. trying to show like my parents like a TikTok because my mom like posts quotes on Instagram. My yeah. dad knows enough to like watch a story or like a live or some shit, but like I literally can't imagine trying to explain to my parents like, okay, you gotta pick the sound from this place and then you gotta have the text overlay, but you gotta check it to make sure the text works. And then yeah. you gotta take four videos, stitch them together. Yeah. Like it's low key, like minor Are you on editing. it, you on TikTok? I, I just got on it for the album because they're right. like, I'm signed now. I have to like have all that shit, but. Yeah, I TikTok I still, is, I didn't think about it, it's a lot of work. You can't just, you got to make, a, it's a whole goddamn fiasco. No, yeah. It's a whole production. You have, like, at the worst level, hello, at the worst level, you have to edit. Like, no, even if you're making a basic ass TikTok, hello. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Omar, knock it off. Omar, what are you doing? She's trying to, she's trying to get in your lap or some shit. Don't mind her. <laughs> I took her out. Uh, you have a dog, right? Yeah, I do. Okay. Uh, I took her out to a walk. I took her out for a walk last night. Yeah, last last walk of the day. I'm walking on my phone as we do, right? I'm like yeah. this, walking. It's nighttime. I walk. I hear this noise and a yelp and a fucking coyote, like bitter. Stop. Didn't break skin, but just you hear this. This either bitter or missed her, but she screamed like she got bit. So you were three feet from the coyote. Like, dude, they come right up on you. They don't give a shit. Jeez. It was big too. It wasn't a little coyote. It was a big one. And I grabbed her. I was like, holy shit! Like they're they're out here right now. And they, what they do is they walk next to the cars in the street. Yeah. And they just they're like sharks. They, they just come out. up and they grab one. 
See, I see him like walking down my street and shit, but like Louis, so big, Louis 80 pounds. Like when he comes, starts yelling, they always move, you know? Yeah, yeah. And he, no, and he like yells right at him when he sees them. Yeah. They're not, they're, they're looking for little bite sized treats like Omar. No, Omar's they've been after perfect. Omar for like a decade. They haven't gotten her yet. They're no, yeah, trying Omar's to get like her. like a filet mignon. Yeah. No. <laughs> but she's, 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 I don't know. I don't think she's going to be that good because she's, she's old. That flesh is no longer tender. You know no, what I mean? It's that probably stringy. No, that means I are you weird. watching Dahmer speaking of eating weird meat? You know what? I I uh I started to watch Dahmer. Yeah. And I just realized that I've already seen so many Dahmer things. So many. You know who was in the first Dahmer movie? Is the dude uh Jeremy Renner. Correct. Oh, the guy from Fact Entourage. This. No, no, no. Jeremy Renner. No, that's Jeremy Piven. <laughs> Which would be sick. <laughs> Jeremy Piven as Dahmer with the glasses would be <laughs> that would be fire. I did see an amazing documentary of Jeremy Piven where he goes on a spiritual journey and he's like he's like in a boat and he's wearing a like a white robe and he's like trying to find like peace through meditation. He's, he was being what? a real dick. Anyways. Wait, Jeremy Renner, is that he's like a hot e that's actor, Eagle, like that's the Marvel guy. Uh right? Isn't it Jeremy Renner Jeremy in the first Renner. Dahmer movie? Yeah. Yeah, Jeremy Renner is the guy with the bow and arrow in a Marvel movie. Let me get a visual on Jeremy Renner. Hawkeye. Hawkeye. He's yeah. I'm thinking. This guy says he doesn't watch Marvel movies. He's not the guy from the town, is he? Yes, he's he in is. the town. He's the brother in the town. Yes, okay, he's in the town. Okay, okay. He was the yeah, first yeah, Dahmer. Yeah, yeah, is, yeah, he yeah. His, is he in his? Is he in Dahmer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a Dahmer. Yeah, he did the. He was the first Dahmer I saw. He's we, always the brother in the town to me. Like in yeah. every role I see him in, I'm just like, you're from Boston. Like yeah. I can never get it out of my head. Yeah, with him. I don't know. He's really good at being a prick. And you, you can see it leak through when he's being Hawkeye. You can see a little bit of the guy from the town in there. Okay. A little yeah. bit of the sneer. You know, he's like, <laughs> what'd you do to my brother? I can't do it in a Boston accent. That, that was your Boston accent? I got nothing. Put my brother in the car. Yeah. What'd you do to my, you made my brother very mad. I can't. <laughs> Right, do it. I got no Boston. That sounded in like no accent. That was like Plymouth, like just like regular American. <laughs> that's like straight American. That was like that, that was like off of. Yeah, that was like original American, right? That sounds like a. That'd be like a character in like, like Gangs, Gangs of New York or something. Yeah, right. Um, so today on the show we have Kenny Beats, a, aka Kendrick Beatholomew, aka Kenny, just Big Ken. Uh, he's, he's, he's dropped by the crib. We're going to talk about all kinds of things. First off, the man goes to Air One but wears a Canes hat, raising Canes. It's a whole different is, thing. I mean, just the dichotomy in this person already is blowing my mind. <laughs> Don't bring that into it. I didn't go to the Air One. It was uh, someone got me Air One. Someone got him Air I One. I wasn't seen with the the real tree hat in Air One. But this, you fuck with Canes heavy because I went to your house. You were eating Canes or something, right? Weren't you? Oh, were you there? That's just a coincidence. That okay. was just a coincidence. I mean, I don't but know. That has to do with this hat, though. I finessed this hat. This is a manager only hat. This is not a. You can't buy this on the site. This right. is not available for purchase. This hat. Mm -hmm. If you ask it, and you raising canes will tell you they can't sell you this hat i was in the drive-thru at like the new the canes in burbank the one that opened mm -hmm. it's the first one in la it was a big deal big moment for me yeah i'm in the drive-thru i see this hat i'm like it's pretty fire and i tried to ask the guy and he's like i can't i'm sorry i can't i asked the second guy he's like i'm sorry i can't i was like let me give you 50 bucks yeah he's like i can't do it i was like i'll give you 100 bucks for the hat he's like i wish i could i can't I go around the drive-thru, some like kid who's like an assistant there runs up to me. He's like, yo, are you Kenny Beats? And I was like, tell me you got, he's like, bro, I got one in the car. Like, can you sign my laptop? Sign his laptop. 
got the hat. I love I love that for you you destroyed the man's computer and got a free hat. <laughs> he wanted me to can sign you re- it. Can you render my computer useless? <laughs> so I'll give you my fucking my he, work he uniform. Probably, he makes beats or something. <laughs> no, I don't no, no. know. But he maybe he made me sign the laptop and then he gave me the hat and he was like, he tweeted like, I met I met Kenny Beats at work, da, 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 da. and then he DM me and he was like, "Yo, this is the the marketing person for Raising Canes. Like, hit them up." And then you must have been at the house that day. They brought us like enough food for ten people. Oh or some yeah, shit. I mean, what is that? Just some some fried chicken. They only do chicken tenders. Oh god, I'll be real. I'm wearing the hat, which is it's crazy, but I don't <laughs> even think it's the best tender in America. It's not even. Right. It's it might be top five. Oh my god, you're you're like an aficionado, bro. The best tender in America is Zaxby's to me. You've had Zaxby's? Zaxby's? No, I never had Zaxby's. It's like it, it's in Atlanta. I think it's kind of in Florida and shit. It's only in the South, but I had something in Memphis that was called Crystal Burger or some shit. Yeah, but Crystal, crystal was, Burger make you shit. It like, was terrible. It was yeah. like goo, it was like it was like two little white buns with goo in it. Bad. No offense, but like fuck you. You that's know what I'm saying? It's the White Castle of the South. <laughs> it's the White Castle of the South. Yeah. It's crazy that we're such like I. I mean, this is a, a recurring theme on the show, but Americans are so like we're so fucked up that. When they opened the Chick Fil A on Sunset, yeah. it was like it was like it was like a fucking holiday. People were so excited. Yeah. I'm like, how are you guys so? It's just a fucking fast food place. People are like lining up. They couldn't <laughs> wait to go there. I'm like, it's gonna be there for the next eighty thousand years, and there's probably gonna be ten more. And then people you know, you would just go like, fucking nuts. There's something with the first day to Chick Fil A though. The day they open Chick Fil A, if you're one of the first like hundred people, you get it for a year or some shit. What? Or, yeah. It's no, I swear. There's something like oh, if see? you're the first hundred twenty people at Chick Fil A, yeah, you get it for Fact a year. Fact check, please. I swear. Okay, that explains it, and that's brilliant motherfucking marketing. Because that's why. Because. I to this day I'm wondering why everyone was so hyped because I got free Chick Fil A and I will say this, I tend to stay out of those drive-throughs as a rule, but I have had Chick Fil A a couple times and I and and I got to say that I'm not a, I'm not a regular I've, I've fastest had, moving line in the world fastest moving line and I've eaten it less than I think I've eaten it less than seven times in my life, but every time I ate it it got better I feel and like it scared me I feel like you're weird for eating it seven times or less. I don't, I, I can't, I can't, I'm scared of fried chicken. I'm terrified of it. I, I hate like, to, I'm about to go on like a rant about how good Chick-fil-A is. And it's like the, the most homophobic company, but right. they, I literally think that. You have to be homophobic to make fried chicken that good. I'm sorry. No. <laughs> There's no way around it. No, no, you, no, no. You can't no. have open arms and love all people and make chicken that be good. something wrong with you if the chicken's that good <laughs> yeah you yeah. know the thing about the guy is like apparently like the, there was the guy who started it true it kathy was like a he's like an old southern dude and definitely said like super offensive shit. and i think the all the board of chick-fil-a and like his kids were like trying to keep him as far away from the mic as possible before he died yeah but the thing about this dude is you can fact check this all day. He is the first person to sell a chicken patty on a hamburger bun in history. And that so like Loki, they had the first chicken sandwich ever. No one had ever just put a piece of chicken on a hamburger bun. He was right. the first one. I love that someone had to do that. Like I, I, I remember <laughs> hearing about the invention of a sandwich. Yeah. It's like somebody's made in the olden days was like, why don't we put this meat on this bread? And like yeah. And they're like, this is a sandwich. Like, you Should know, trademarked it. Like, someone had to invent chairs and that changed the fucking world. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, 100%. But and like, chicken. It's crazy to me because it's, it's true. It is true. He's the first person. Yeah. So when you go to a Chick fil A, it's like, it's a little bit of history. I mean, that's it's, why, it, that's why, that's it why there's a fucked up part of it. Cause it it's, hits. I did a, I did it. I ate it once with my girlfriend and she told her mom to go eat it. It was, it was crazy. It started a chain reaction. I had the peach shake, but it's terrible. I can't, like, I eat that shit. Um, I think it's the best quality fast food, though. If you had to put like... Every, over In-N-Out. Over In-N-Out, you think? 
Yeah. In and out's pretty good. In and out's pretty good, but like Chick fil A, there's so much shit about that. They use peanut oil, bro. Like the selection. There's, I don't know. God, you are deep and you really know some <laughs> I shit. I didn't want to get that <laughs> deep. <laughs> You know the you know the you know the history you know about the owner the owner's daughter the oils they use. Bro, I was really into like the fake, like there's the shit on YouTube of like like remake sauces where they try to make like a Big Mac oh, with yeah. exactly the yeah, shit yeah, yeah. at home. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like yeah. Chick Fil A sauce is like one of the big ones. Or like people try to make like Peter Luger sauce at home. They try to make like whatever dipping sauce. And I remember trying to make Raisin Cane's chicken. It's pickle brined. So they soak all the chicken in like pickle juice. Oh. And then it's peanut oil. Uh. You're welcome. But that's not good for you, peanut oil, right? That's terrible. I think it's better for you than just like regular old vegetable oil. True. It's all terrible, right? It's all it's all a nightmare. But when people say they're frying in avocado oil or something, for some reason it feels like it's not gonna taste good to me. I don't know why. So you don't are you you just eat whatever you want? Is that what you do? I, not <laughs> not exactly. I I read this thing. I don't know why I just lied. I saw it on Netflix. I didn't read it. Okay. The thing about Same thing at this point. point. I wanted it to sound. It's basically a book at, at this point. It's the closest we're going to get to books. I heard this, this food scientist on Netflix say this thing about you can eat anything you want every day. You just have to cook it. Because if we are on like Postmates right now and we yeah. say whatever we want, we're going to get a rotisserie chicken and then maybe a side of fried shrimp and then a cookie and then a da -da -da. if it's all on the menu and you can order all that shit and it's easy, yeah. you'll order a bunch of things. But if you have to go in there right now and cook- Make a whole pizza. You would never do that It's like shit. three hours of work. Exactly. Yeah, 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 so it's yeah. like, I, I eat whatever I want. Like I'll eat uh, fried whatever, you know what I mean? I'll make something that's like calorie heavy or whatever because I make it. Oh. Like I, I try to cook at least that's like so one or two meals a day usually. Oh, when I'm I home, I, that's crazy. I was so, just gone for nine days. I eat like shit. You know what I mean? But like, I cooked today. I cooked yesterday. Since I've been back, like, I try to get right back into cooking. That's but, smart. You gotta but, get back into the routine. Yeah, but if I want like fried shrimp, or if I want a chicken cutlet, or if I want, you know what I mean, like a, a crazy pasta, it's like I'm not gonna get all four of those things from John and Vinny's. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. over the next three days, like I'll do a cutlet with a salad today. Tomorrow I'll do a pasta. Right. Like, and they're literally putting one stick of butter in that facility. Oh, like not even, I'm not even like someone, I know someone that worked there. I was like, no, it's one stick of butter per dish, which is fucking crazy. That's insane. I can make my shoe taste good with a stick of butter. hundred percent. No offense. But, but, but whenever you're like, when you're at the crib too, even if you make the gnarliest like boiling crab shrimp and a bunch of seasoning, this and that, it's going to be better for you than if you it's gonna be better for you. went it's, to the spot where they have to I make it a that. million times. I back that. Yeah. It's true. I mean, I, I do, I cook a lot of here, but I cook, I rarely cook anything bad. If I'm eating bad, it's it's outside of the house. But this brings me to another segment on the show. It's called, what's the fattest thing you did this week? Now, I'm not calling you fat. I'm calling myself a fat person. Okay. okay? And and I'm and I'm trying to hold myself accountable. This is easy for me. Okay, good. Well, I, I try to hold myself accountable by coming clean. By making and, other people sound fat? <laughs> no, no, I'm just, this is for me because if I don't, I, I go. I just go into a fugue state sometimes, and things happen. I, I have no control, state. right? I'm just like, why, why? Why is there a tub of frozen yogurt here with yeah, yeah, yeah. cookies you, coming you from? Black there? out. I black out. It's like what's that? What's that beer fest or whatever? When he wakes up with like the dead deer, and he's like, yes. not again. Yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's me. I when I when I hit my critical stress limit overload, I black out. Things are typed. The Twitter fingers move into the into the Postmates app, yeah, and yeah. things arrive, right? Yeah. Or or sometimes I'm driving and my car just like just swerves, you know. So and but day to day, I try to keep, I run a tight ship. Okay. Uh, that being said, uh, I I if if I don't account for this shit, 
it'll just keep happening. So what I'm hoping is that one day I'm going to show up on the show and be like, the fattest thing I did this week, did, the fattest thing I did this week was like had an extra apple. But no, it's typically like I had, I know I'd literally post made it a fucking tub of uh, frozen yogurt from some place called Yogurt. That's still your, like, I swear if you told this to yourself two years ago, it wouldn't have been frozen yogurt. You know what I mean? Like you're making progress. Sure. I can see that. I am making progress, but. You're still gross. Yeah, it would have, yeah, I'm still, yeah, I'm still, yeah. disgu- it's still disgusting. <laughs> like I, what I used to do, the game I used to play was like, I'm gonna order three things of Jenny's, three pints of Jenny's ice cream. Okay. And the game, the game I play with myself is like, it's a taste test. I'm gonna taste all three. But then I end up taking down a pint and a half because I can't stop. Yeah. Because once I'm in the fucking, I'm in the Brambleberry Crisp. I like the lying to yourself yeah, as part yeah. of the health routine. Yeah. You're like, yeah. I'm trying to be more healthy. Let me like yeah. create yeah. this weird narrative. Yeah, it's I'm just, just gonna taste. We're, we're like, we're always lying to ourselves about all kinds so of shit. So what was your fattest this week? Is it the yogurt you keep projecting about? Or? I mean, it's hard for me to remember. It's hard for me to remember from, I, I can barely remember what happened to me today, but I'm trying to think what I did this week. I'm, I know mine, I'm so ready to I think it was, mine. I think until I remember what it was, for now it is ordering, uh, oh, this is it, this is it. This is the fattest thing I did. Okay, I'm pretty sure it was this week. At one week I was at my girlfriend's house, they made dinner, her and her friend, and then I ordered them all frozen yogurt. Okay. And I ordered from this place called Yogurt, which is like vegan, blah, 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 right? Whatever. But I get the yogurt with like brownie bites, can, uh, bananas, chocolate shell, mochi, all the shit, all Ruining the Ruining all the fact that it's yogurt and healthier. Yeah. yeah so yeah. I did that. And and it was so good that I, the next day I ordered it again. Now this is, this is what makes it, this is a weird twist. I ordered the same thing again, but bigger, right? Now check this shit out. And I, you know, I'm always telling my girlfriend, like, I'm trying to keep my shit together, you know. And yeah. I ordered it, and I accidentally ordered it to her house, the because of my the her address was still in my postman. So you ordered a grosser version, and you narked yourself out. I know this is this is even fatter. Is that I canceled it, and I ate the charge, so she wouldn't know what I did, <laughs> and reordered it to my house. And then, of course, I told her later, and I was like, I was so embarrassed. And she said, like, Why did you do that? Why don't you just tell me? And I would have got it, and yeah, we would we would have split the yogurt. Her and six friends would have shared that tub of yogurt. You know what I mean? <laughs> so the fattest thing I did was was eat like a pallet of yogurt, of frozen yogurt this week. She that's that's not the that's not the really gnarly part of that though. The gnarly part is the shame. Of eating the charge because yeah, you the know ch- that the fat the like fatness this. is already getting out of control and you're like if anybody knows how bad it really was no no body no case right Jeez. No, no face no yeah, case that's whatever. that's pretty dark yeah mine like I was in New York two days ago yeah and like you're a West Coast guy so I don't know if it's like as big of a thing like when you go to New York and you eat a sandwich or eat pizza or whatever are you like oh the bread like do you notice or are you just like oh the food's good nah it's New York hits different. I mean, LA has caught up since. I've been yeah. going to New York since for over twenty years. But the, but also like in general, there's so many different different like pluses and minuses to food here, food there. There's produce here. There's this and that there. But like the big thing for me is the bread. Do you notice like when you eat a sandwich or you yeah. eat a pizza, the it's bagel, like, the pizza, all that? Yeah. Yeah. So like when I go to New York, it's always like a, a big thing. No matter what restaurant I'm eating at or what like pizza I'm eating or whatever, I always need to eat a deli sandwich. Yeah. Like I just have to have like. A, a, like even like a, a bacon egg and cheese one day or a chopped cheese late one night. I just have to have a deli sandwich while I'm in New York. Yeah. And the other day, like I had to shoot photos for this fucking magazine. Like, I don't know if I can say yeah, but I had to shoot photos. So I had to like look somewhat low key. Yeah. Low key. But this is you know, like, off camera, off camera. Off camera. <laughs> yeah. Bleep that. Bleep it. Yeah. Oh. 
<laughs> beep, beep, beep. <laughs> but I had to like look decent for this thing. So I like tried the couple days going up to it and stuff. I was trying not to eat like shit. But as soon as it finished, I got a bacon, egg, and cheese with a chicken cutlet, which is weird because it's two types of chicken. Oh, yeah, that's weird. It's egg and that's a weird chicken. Thing. So I got that first. Within hours, I had uh, chicken cutlet, bacon, lettuce, tomato, honey, mustard on a wedge, which is a big. Yeah. And then that night, I had a chopped cheese. So within oh, a 24 hour period, yeah, I'd eaten at the deli three times. Oh, you, that was all the same deli, the wedge too. No, it was two different delis, but it was all in one 24 hour period. The chicken, the chicken meat and the chicken egg is so it's interesting. It's like full domination of the animal. It's, it's weird. Right? You're basically weird. taking everything they got. Like whenever you say it at the deli, because you can literally say anything at these deli, because everyone right. has some weird order. They yeah. order like a PB and J with salt and pepper. They put some, some Mike shit. and Ike in there and some fucking ant ant poison. My, my homie as a joke tried to get a chopped cheese on a pop tart one time, and the guy <laughs> didn't really flinch. <laughs> but you can you can say anything to these guys, and they don't really give a fuck. And I told him I was like. Let me get a bacon, egg, and cheese with a cutlet. And he was like, yeah, all right. And then he looked up and he was like, you want chicken on the bacon, egg, and cheese? And I was like, yeah. And he just kind of like shook his head. And but that, did it hit? It must have hit. That felt fat. Yeah, though. Like fat. him, he gets insane orders right. all day long. And like, I'm shaking his head at me. Right. Yeah. You, right. Made, you made the deli guy raise his eyebrow. You're, you're, you're in some new territory. Weird move. Fuck. I also got yelled at in the same deli because I didn't pull something down for somebody because this this dude this this kid came in he was like a skater he like put his board up by the uh, by the register and then went to go get these chips but they're like top shelf chips and he was like five foot five two i'm six seven and i was like in a different part of the deli but the the cashier's laughing and he's going like i asked your buddy to help you because he couldn't reach the chips yeah and he's bringing me into the situation which i have nothing yeah. to do with and then the kid's looking at me like i'm an asshole because i didn't go grab his chips you're for giving him. my chips like i'm his substitute teacher yeah but it was a whole ordeal. Is that a very rare Patagonia? What makes you think it's rare? Because I was playing cards and this kid was showing me this Patagonia. He's like, yeah, I just bought this Patagonia for 300 bucks. It's worth, he said some ungodly amount and it was a Sherlin like that. But it was old, it was vintage? It was vintage. This is brand new. Oh, okay. Like I was just new. checking. I don't know. I thought I, I figured you might be one of them guys who's like, you know, who like sourced his Patagonia and like tracked it down and bought it from some dealer. Like this kid bought it from like a, a deal, a guy. He's like, this guy opened up his closet that for one day. That's not an archetype. You're saying it like that's a common, that's a typical guy. Are you kidding like, me? There's a whole, there's, this is what kids are, are this is Name no. me five guys that source Patagonia, rare Patagonia. Steven, Greg Williamson, Michael Tremone, <laughs> Creepy Greg. And and darling Nikki are the guys and the one woman. No, nah, this ain't this ain't rare like that. That's not rare. It's cool. Uh, well, either way, it's still cool. Um, but it's it could eight, be vintage. You could have degrees in LA. Yeah, yeah. I'm so like I've only been back for two days. I don't really know what to wear yet. Like I don't know what temperature it's been. No, the temperature is, is completely I've like been off for two days. It's wearing insane. the weirdest shit. The ch the temperature is, is like last night. I was like, oh hell yeah, it's cold. Yeah, and this is great. And I put on all this clothes and I get home like I'm hot. It doesn't make any fucking sense. <laughs> Honestly, the last couple trips I've been on, like, had like real rain, some heat, like this and that. It's like I just get back every time, and it really is as unfair and amazing here as like the hype. Right. It's just it's just so nice coming back to the weather every time. No matter if it's a little hot here, a little cold here, it's just it's better than everywhere else. I mean, knock on wood, but it just is. We still haven't had this blistering, terrible summer that we've been getting promised, right? 
I've had in the past here, but they keep talking about these summers that we're going to get. And I'm like, yeah. I'm scared because they're not happening. We'll have like a week in the 90s. Yeah. We had three weeks in the 90s and it, that hit the hundreds, maybe three weeks. Yeah, but haven't there been moments of like 105, 110 in the valley in like yeah, 10 years ago? Valley, you know? Maybe. Yeah, this is a long time ago. Yes. Yeah. But in these, ne- you know, with the global warming, et cetera, et cetera, we're supposed to be having these terrible fucking weather swings. Yeah. So I'm like, when when is it going to hit? It's going to hit in the winter. Like we're probably going to have crazy floods. Maybe right. I think because it because the thing we are not built for is flooding. And I and I have been up on uh, I've been up on Hill Earth when it's flooded and it, it it does cause. I've been in a restaurant when it literally just started flooding. It was, it was chaotic. No, we're not that, used to the that. valley would be bad. Like Ventura and all the houses around there, if it really yeah. flooded, to be bad. So let's 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 give a little. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna give a little backstory on Kenny. Um, I'm gonna look at my producer's notes real quick because he he did some research on you. Let's see if I can go back. By the way, peanut oil is better for you, and uh, if you are one of the first 100 people at Chick Fil A, you get a card preloaded with 52 number one meals. This fact checking is so late from the fact I don't even remember what it's for. Well, I just didn't want to interrupt. He he has that's courteous but ineffective. No, thank you. Finally, someone <laughs> someone is on, like that's me, I guess. He's like it's it's the most. It's like I'm having a conversation. Like I thought he was just talking about peanut oil. I was like about to give him another Chick Fil A fact, but I didn't realize it was for my original Chick Fil A fact. He's he's on a he's on a, a strange. It, his track. It's just I talk to him sometimes, and he's talking to me, and I know for a fact that I'm in a different conversation. He's not in my conversation and he's talking to, he'll go, well, well, and he'll be like, well, you know, if you think about the the uh, history of pants, I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm just asking you, can you get me some water? You know? It just didn't seem that urgent. Um, hold on, let me, let me pull this up. I had to do a... Uh... I had to fill in for somebody with some pretty big shoes on a podcast recently. They have me like hosting their podcast for a few yeah. episodes and yeah. I, I can't talk about it yet, but like it's going to come out soon. A and couple episodes. I'm, I'm taking over someone else's podcast for a few episodes. Can I guess? Sure. Is it is it music related? Yes. Okay. Uh, I have no idea. <laughs> Why would you ask oh, oh I know. I know. It's. You guys bleep, are both bleep all that. No way. No uh, way. No, no way. I, I'm trying to think of, of music musical podcasts. And I, I don't it's listen to any. Podcast. Yeah, sure it is. This is a rap podcast, man. Um, that world is crazy. Every once in a while, I dip in a no jumper world and look at what's going on. And I'm like, wait, this dude is, is making pornos? Like, what the <laughs> fuck is going on? It's crazy. He's got, he's like created this universe. <laughs> hey, at one point, that dude was making like 100K a month off like YouTube royalties yeah no you can tell you can tell that dude is because he's he's it's splintered off into so many sub shows it has nothing to do with music anymore at all no it's no just it's like just like hype and like youtube hype. in la yeah. viral let's get viral <laughs> um, no not that but i'm but i'm hosting this podcast and like I, so i have to ask all these questions and like interview people i've never really done that i did it when i was a kid i told you i worked for 12 ounce when oh, i was yeah. a kid yeah and I, I interviewed like kunle and i interviewed risk and i interviewed like writers Amazing. and shit when i was a kid but I'd never interviewed anybody for real. And I had this thing up on my computer while I was talking to people and they just throw you facts while you're interviewing. Right. And since it's not, it wasn't like video to video, you couldn't really tell that I was just like interjecting all this shit. And it made me look so smart. 
Oh, okay. Like if you like if Loki, you can just have like if you had the phone set up, yeah, just like right here, yeah, and y'all had a shared note, yeah, you could just be dropping, you could type in the fact check, and then it would just show up on your phone, and I then you could be sitting here like this, and you could just be reading these fact checks. I love your dropping producer jewels on you, but you right would now. be sound, you would sound smart as fuck because yeah. it wouldn't, you there would be no communication of like. Yo, Jason, what was that fact? It would just come up on your phone like, and you were, like you were right about G. that. And you were yeah, like, I'm pretty sure that's right. You know, you just lie. Fuck. We can do it. I'm ready. Now you're ready. It's been two years. I go, <laughs> well, I mean, what happens I is I go, I have a guest coming. Those are guests coming for like sometimes six weeks. And yeah. then they have, I go, do you have any notes on, on Kenny? He goes, let me figure something out. And he'll like go on Wikipedia and like copy paste. So it's just like, it's not specific notes. It's just a big chunk of information. Oh, my Wikipedia gets me pissed because... It doesn't have the, my right discography. It makes me so fucking mad. So let's get into Kenny's bio. Oh, For, God. This is terrible. His producer tag is Woe Kenny. <laughs> uh, multi. Where did you grow up, Kenny? I grew up in Connecticut. Uh, Connecticut. Are you testing my notes? No, no, no. I'm just, I'm just going off. <laughs> I'm going off script here. Uh, I'm kind of going on script, there. actually. Everyone knows skill at your craft is important, but how can a random choice like dealing weed or joining a graffiti crew also influence success? This is a recurring and interesting pattern amongst guests. Um, he, he attributes some of his ascent to selling weed. I sold Cali rappers Absol and Schoolboy Kill weed at a sneaker sign in Boston, and Ab let me stay behind because I ended up giving him a bunch of free weed. Then the last five minutes, he listened to my beats as a favor. He ended up taking all three beats. One became Absol, Mac Miller, and Schoolboy Q's Hunted Stacks. Are you reading me an interview of I uh, that I answered? <laughs> I'm talking, yes. Well, that's an interesting, okay. Let's talk about the 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 hustle. The selling weed to TDE? Giving Absol free weed. Yeah, yeah. Getting him to, and getting him to his, listen to your beat. And you know what he's doing. You know what he's going on in his mind. He's like, this fucking oh kid, hundred percent. Yes, the weed was. I'm sure the weed was good. Gas, it's not, yeah, it's yeah. not yet. The weed's fucking gas, right? <laughs> so that right out the gate, that's one. But the abs like this. He's like, I gotta get the fuck away from this dude. Yes. And let me get the weed. Okay, it's a good amount of weed. You give him like, what'd you give him? Like a half ounce? Quarter. Quarter. I gave him a quarter. That's enough. That's enough to like. You know, you could, you could probably get two blunts out of that. That's right? like two. Like, yeah, if you're like two like, monster blunts, like woods, yeah. rapper blunts, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. And, he, and he's like, okay, I got the weed. Now, what is the social like? I could be a complete dick and be like, okay, fuck off. I'm out, yeah. I'm out. And, and he's nice enough to go, I'll listen. I'll lend this kid my ears for like 30 seconds of this beat. And, Bro. and you know what? You got through. Bro, he... Was that your first break? No, I had actually produced for Kendrick already oh, okay. at that point. Okay. They didn't know that. Right. I didn't tell them that. But like I had done a beat. Uh, I co-produced a song called Ball Game. That was Smoke Dizza and Kendrick Lamar. And that was like a year before that. But a producer I know that produced on uh, the Kendrick Lamar EP or like Overly Dedicated, one of Kendrick's first yeah. projects, he had produced on there and he knew the tour managers and knew some of the people that worked with TDE. And he was like, yo, they're gonna be in Boston. Like I'll link you with the TM or whatever, go bring them some weed, they'll need weed. So I got linked, I went to this sneaker signing and it was a Schoolboy Q tour. Yeah. And he had just dropped Habits, like my favorite album of his. And he had just dropped Habits. Ab was his opener. And they were at this sneaker store. I brought a bunch of weed, whatever. Q was like busy signing shit. And Ab had like ducked away from the fans and was like sitting like in the back of the sneaker store in some like staff room. So I went, first time I ever hit a backwood because he was smoking woods. And I had yeah. never, I'd smoked Swishers and Dutches and Phillies. I'd never hit a backwood before. and. 
if you if you smoke weed and like you you'll remember the first time you hit a backwood because it's just a different kind of harsh a different kind of gnarly on the west coast it was so normal already at that point but mm. not on the east coast and i uh, smoked yeah. i smoked with ab like i gave him a bunch of weed and i told him i was like yo i got three beats on my phone like let me just play a couple beats and he was definitely like get this fucking kid yeah, out of here fuck. and all three beats placed that's so crazy one became uh, a song for Mac Miller, Schoolboy Q, and Absol called 100 Stacks. That was on Ab's album. One became a single for Schoolboy Q called Party. And then the third one became a song called Diamond with Absol and Smoke Dizza. But I played him these three beats as like a shithead, like weed dealer, fucking thirsty kid. And he held on to them and not only rapped on two of them, but got Q to drop one as a single. Then I met Ali, then I met Dave Free. That's crazy. It's been 10 years, 11 years. I still know these guys. You that know what I mean? 10 years ago. Yeah, like I'm I'm an investor in Ali's company. You know what I mean? Crazy. Like these are guys like I like Dave was giving me and Vince like ideas and notes on a project we worked on a year ago. It's like I've known these dudes since I was 19, 20 years old. And it's it's TDE now. They were already like the hottest thing ever then. Black yeah. Hippie, yeah, yeah, Kendrick, yeah, da, da, da. Yeah. but like now it's like a dynasty. I remember when that shit started popping like that. Kendrick had that tape with that Ronald Reagan era song on it. It was yeah. before the TDE shit. Yeah. Right around. And and I and I remember, you know, when you get into a new thing and I was like, holy shit, Kendrick. And then I got heavy into Absol and yeah. I got I just started following all of them. Right. Yeah. And like even Schoolboy Q, before he was connected to them, he was on some like I remember Schoolboy Q was banged out, but he was trying to dress not bang he's trying this is a long long well, he was ago. the only person that was like talking about gang shit sampling portis head yeah he yeah. was just doing shit that no one was doing yeah. you know what i mean yeah. and like i just always respected them and thought that they were the the coolest and the most aesthetic and to this day like kendrick still is you know what yeah. i mean and like q is someone who is like really had me under his wing since then yeah and every project he works on and like everything every couple of years he always checks in like i'll be at the studio I was at the studio a couple of years ago with these two kids, Drago and Bino. Anybody who listens to a lot of Detroit music knows these two kids. Like they had the hottest song right before Sada Baby kind of blew up. They kind of had the hottest song in the city with him. And they were at the studio, like 19 year olds from Detroit who have like, you know what I mean? They don't have big Spotify songs or anything like that. They're just like, if you know, you know. Yeah. And Q came to a session with them and just kicked it and like smoked and drank tequila for a couple hours just to like meet them. Yeah. That's very unusual. Yeah, yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Especially like you out of town kids and you're taking a trip to LA to go record or whatever. And Schoolboy Q's just in your session, like kicking it because he fucks with you. Right. He don't even seem like the kind of dude who would do that because he seems so tough and like he's got he's not nice. You know what no, I mean? He's, he's not, not nice. he's not outwardly like no. sweet. But no. like he really is a fan of art and of music and shit. And that's why you can see, like, even back then, like Kendrick would do a super artsy song, but then put gunplay on it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they yeah. would sample Portishead, but then they'd literally be talking about just Hoover Street and just like the gnarliest like LA shit that you couldn't even understand. Really. We did like, his album release party for oh, Oxymoron. Wow. Wow. Warner Ray's did. Wow. And we threw in a, and they, they're like, they Love threw the party album. and I was like, I basically, I, I think uh, I roll. Oh, we, we threw the party. I rolled, I don't know, a hundred joints that I had, my intern stamp with TDE BXR on the papers. Mm. So we had 100 TDE BXR joints, which at the time, this is like maybe 10 years ago. This is uh, 2014 actually. 2014, okay, so nine years ago. Yeah. Um, 
He, this is the only see Just when he does going, keep going, when keep he going. does fact check it's to derail me it's insane keep going so so yeah we, and and you know it's on a budget so we did we made like hundreds of, maybe more I had a Ziploc bag full of joints I I spray I airbrushed a fridge and filled it full of popsicles and forties yeah like you know we did the whole thing we yeah. and it, and uh, and I'll send you a video from it and it's like him it's Schoolboy Q and then uh, Odd Future and so when they were fucking around a little bit but this yeah. is when all this shit was so new. Yeah. Everything was new. Like Schoolboy Q and Kendrick were wearing Born and Raised in their videos, but no one knew who they were. And if it was like, you know, let's say a year later, it would have fucking catapulted us, you know. But we're like, but we were just like, yo, he's wearing it in fucking collard greens. And we're just like, oh my God, he's wearing a fucking hoodie, you know? That was already, they were already huge by then, though. It might have not felt like it, but it's like, they, but come on, they collard, were, but not greens, compared to now. I mean, now it's like, collard greens is like many times platinum. Right. Maybe you know it, was, I mean? it was, I think it was at the very beginning of yeah. like when it just came out. Yeah. 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 You know, and, and also the news cycle, it, you but know. I was also, I'm such a like a hype beast. I was so early on them. Like it already felt like by oxymoron to me, I was always like, oh, Q's a star because he's on the radio. Right. But still, like if you think about like in terms of his career now, that was so young in it, you know? He's an interesting dude, man. He really, and he, you know, he, it's funny because he's, I like his style because he's a dick. Yeah. But, he does it in a way where it's totally charming. Yeah, but also He's, he can just rap. Like, yeah, yeah. there's no one in TD who can't like really, really, really rap. Like, yes. Really high level. And even though they've had collared greens and he's had, you know what I mean, hit records here and there, like, bro, some of those albums are to this day, like are just some of the most artistic shit of the last 10 years, even though it's commercially viable. I gotta dust that shit off, man. I haven't listened oh, to any man. of that stuff in Habits so long. and Oxymoron both. Yeah. Like there's an interlude on Habits called uh, Tukey Nose. Yeah, 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 yeah. Man, and think about like, they got Terrence Martin on this shit. You know what I mean? They have like Thundercat on these records and this and that. Yeah. It's also like this LA jazz scene Yeah. that I didn't know, I didn't know Sara and Kamasi Washington and Thundercat and Terrace Martin, all these people came up all at the same time in LA, mm. 1500 or nothing, while all this rap shit, you know what I mean, was coming up at the same, like you learn about it all via that stuff. And it took me years to even know how tasteful it was. And what, when they, I, my, my timelines are all fucked up, but when they came out, because rap fluctuates and it goes from being lyrical to non-lyrical yeah. to now it's like almost nonsensical, right? Now it's just people are going beep, bop, boop, bop, beep. And it's like, you know, yeah. sometimes they're not even, they're just making music with their mouth, right? For sure. Um, and it fluctuates. And, and and at the time that they came out, were we in a lyrical stage at that when they, when TDE dropped or were we in a non-lyrical stage? I mean, I think, I think comparatively to now, you could argue it was lyrical because I think about it, even like a... We're talking about TDE, like Kendrick's swimming pools. Yeah. You know what I mean? Pull up, drank. Yeah, Headshot, yeah. drank. Yeah. It's a big hit. It's a huge radio song, but he's talking about alcoholism. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. It's this deeper thing. And like yeah. Drake's always barred up on every album. It's always right. He's always been a real rapper, and he's the biggest rapper ever. Right. But that's not the youth. That's not the trend with, with the well, youth I think right as, like, as like social media has run so rampant the last couple of years and, and Vine and tiktok and all these things have become like what sets the trend in music yeah the uzis and the cardis and thug and future have become like the most culturally relevant people and right. like thug is kind of like the god of culture but future has the most hits yeah. cardi is like the coolest kid to everybody but uzi has more hits and they're kind of right. like these like brother relationships but i think that now like snippet kings win right whereas back then it was like people would talk about 
what the video did on top of the artwork, on top of in the right. second verse, he he took it back to the, it's like, it's just different. There's not even third verses on songs now. Right. Third right. verses don't exist anymore. Right. They really don't. You right. know what I mean? That's so crazy. Like, it's true. Think about it. Think about the last yeah. time you heard a third verse on a song. Yeah. Like bad and bougie. Like it's rare to even hear that. And it's sometimes just because they like, there's three people in Migos. They got to give everybody a shot. Right. At some point. right. Like, Fuck. Oh, there was anyway. But it's crazy like how songs now can be two minutes and your label's like, okay, cool. So how much information can you pack into two minutes if you are on the lyrical side? Well, you know but I mean? no, but that's not the trend either. Like, it's not even. It's not even like the trend is not to be lyrical anymore and tell it's stories. True. It's like you just kind of. It's like vibe, right? Just your two minutes of vibe, and like, and you don't. You know what? What my tastes are. I are, I don't get to dictate anything because I'm I'm out of the age bracket. I'm aged out. Yeah, but I think so, even the people doing it the best are both. Like, Baby yeah. Keem is arguably the most exciting mm. all around. You know what I mean? You play Family Ties by Baby Keem right now at any festival in America. And kids are losing their shit the way right. they would have to like Mo Bamba two years ago or right. something, you know? So like Keem is the hottest young thing and gets the respect from all the old people. And he really raps. Like yeah. he has he, there's there's crazy double entendres and shit in what he's saying, even if it's like the delivery is so simple. Right. And I think like like Jid and Freddie Gibbs are like the most talked about albums of the last few months, and they're like rapping their ass off. Yeah. yeah you know yeah. what I mean? And yeah. like even 2021, everybody dropped. Drake drop, Kanye drop, Kendrick started to tease, Keem drop. I did an album with Vince Staples, Isaiah Rashad dropped after three years. So many things came out. Tyler kind of hit the hardest for the longest. And he was rapping, he did a DJ drama tape and like really rapped and taught these stories about taking his friend's girl and all this different shit. But like, it was lyrical. It wasn't like one word hooks, right? you know? And it's that's the shit that's winning the most, having the most impact, I think. Like after last year, no one's listening to Donda. I can't hear, I don't really hear CLB getting played all over the place. They're talking about 20 other Drake songs that have come out. Right. A lot of those other albums, people have already released since then. Like Tyler is still pushing Call Me If You Get Lost and these like, videos of him as the bellboy and the stage set up with the bow and like his shit kind of lasted longer than all the biggest people who filled stadiums with their mom's house and got Damien Hurst paintings and this and that. But he wrapped his ass off and had really good creative. And it feels like we're still talking about that album more than we're talking about the big guys. You it's know? interesting because I, I, you know, I remember when Odd Future happened on Fairfax, I remember when that video came out by, uh, I think it was by AG. Did you guys have a store on Fairfax then? No, we never had a store. Never. Um, but, and I remember the video came out where they're putting the fucking pills in the blender and it's all shot with a fisheye. And yeah. I think that was AG Ross. I think that launched his career too, but um, the director. Anyways, and I remember watching this and being like, oh shit, this is important. Yeah. This is like a new, this is something that rap's never seen. This version of like culture, right? Yeah. It's like, it's like kind of a, a straight up middle class kids not pretending to be anything but what they are and just doing what the fuck they wanted to do right? yeah that's that's my take on it and i remember seeing that's how i was introduced to them obviously tracking them the whole time they create like they shifted culture in so many ways and then a friend of mine was like oh yeah i'm going to see tyler at um at the forum or something mm -hmm. and i was like what what do you mean he's like he's 
playing the forum. Like I, I couldn't connect, and I just realized I, I turned around. I was like, oh, he's enormous. I mean, he's like, forget the forum. Like look at Flognor, look at his festival. Yeah, the I know. Dodger I just Stadium. I just didn't pay attention because I'm like, those are those crazy kids. Oh, they're doing a festival. I'm like, and I'm so con- I'm so lateral to all that shit. Like yeah. I'm so like peripheral to all those people that I just kind of like, oh yeah, that, you know, it's just one of these things that's happening because there's so much shit going on. For sure. But then when the guy's like, yeah, I'm going to meet him, and he's playing the forum, and I was like, oh. Oh, this is crazy. If you really think about it, that might be, I mean, I'm 31 years old. I'm born in 91. So I'm the start of the 90s. Like, oh my God. <laughs> if you really think about it, for someone my age or within 10 years of me, that might be the most important thing that's happened. So if you, if you collect all the people around Odd Future and Odd Future, yeah. and I'm not going to say as far as like, TDE and Danny Brown and Action and all the stuff that Mac Miller, all the stuff at that time. I just mean Odd Future and the affiliates. So, internet, including Frank, uh, Steve Lacey, who's yeah, number yeah, yeah. one on the radio right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Frank Ocean, yeah, who yeah. of our generation is the most influential songwriter 100%. of our generation. 100%. He's like he's like the pixies of fucking R and B. It is I mean, mind boggling. I think if you're does. if you're a, a songwriter who is twenty. To 30 years old right now frank is part of your barometer for what a song that works for our generation you know what i mean like he's written some stuff in the last 10 years that's like some of the most important stuff for people our age in and then tyler and then odd for the rest of odd future rappers as you know them it's like steve is number one in the charts today you're right. talking about 2011 2012 yeah, yeah yeah you know what i mean it's like they're still not just the most influential but commercially like Steve Lacey's hit right now, Bad Habit, is such a weird song to be so big. Right. And I, I think it's an amazing thing that it's happening for everybody. But like it's if you look at what's working for Dua Lipa or Doja Cat or Imagine Dragons yeah, 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 or anybody yeah, 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 yeah. else, Steve Lacey <laughs> is the bro. Like you gotta look what's on the charts. Imagine Dragons. No one knows. No, no one can no one Nobody in the world, knows what it is. I hear the name of what is that? No one <laughs> can pick out one person in that band. They could walk down the street right now and you'd never know anyone never know. in the Magic Dragons. It could Dragons. be Jason, and I would never you'd know. Never know. Imagine Dragons. But like but Steve then, Steve Lacey is just doing whatever he feels. Yeah. And it's the biggest thing in the world. Frank Ocean has done whatever he feels. He's the most influential. Tyler is going up against Drake and Kanye in the same year and kind of coming out uh, with the W in my eyes. So it's like they've, bro, they've had it for a decade in a lot of ways. And it's like, what else can you say? What other group of people can you say had that much influence? I don't think I've ever seen a more original. I mean, uh, no, there's definitely more original. I don't think I've ever seen a more original and at the same time digestible person than Frank Ocean. Like the way the guy lyrically, the way he, where he goes, it's not doing anything crazy, but the way he puts his shit together with yep. the music, I'm like, I still listen to shit I've listened to a million times. And I'm like, I can't even believe he did. Like, whatever. It's, I, it's work, crazy. I work with people all the time who are like school of Frank. Right. Because it's like, I'm always working with young artists. Anytime I have a, a legendary person I get to work with, or I'm fortunate enough to work with like a big artist who's been successful. I'm always working with really young new people because it's always the thing that's exciting me the most. And like when you work with people now who are like, if you're a young kid, maybe you're queer, maybe you write pop songs, you know what I mean? Maybe you listen to a lot of R&B, a lot of soul music, whatever. Frank is someone who's like, you know what I mean? Like the elephant in the room all the time of how do I write something that makes people feel like that or even an, an inkling of that. And it's so hard because when you look at Nostalgia Ultra, you look at like early Frank, it is so to the point and so simple. And the beats are simple. And like that whole record with Nick Novocaine and all those songs, they're not these like huge world building Travis Scott yeah, beats yeah, with all yeah, this yeah, different yeah. like 
always evolving production. It's like he'll have a guitar, a bass, and some simple drums, and he'll just write a song about Nikes that yeah. feels like the most important thing in the world. And I think when people try to re-engineer that, it feels impossible because it's so simple. It's not crazy elaborate. There's not like all these harmonies to hide behind. And it's just what like- are you talking about smoking crack in the middle of Arkansas? I was like, <laughs> well, how did you even do that? <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> I listen to that song, I'm like, how? how? I, I just, you know, I, I, I just find it amazing when someone, I don't know anything about the guy, uh, but I just find it amazing when someone is, I'm guessing, incredibly honest to themselves and like just a purely creative person. Yeah. And they just like get through and they're so goddamn good that it doesn't matter. Like, and also at the time when he came out as as being bisexual, whatever the fuck it was, this was like news. Yeah. Now no one gives a shit, right? Yeah. But when he came out, it was like people were like, what are we going to do? It's, it's so interesting, right? Though, because now even more since then, to be a critic, you have to have your review out the fastest or right. no one gives a fuck. If right. you don't have, like, what's the newest album this week? If you don't have your Freddie Gibbs album review out in the first 48 hours, whoever beats you to it is going to be the biggest review just because it's the first one to have oh. a big opinion. So critics now, faster and faster, have to analyze things that took people a year, multiple years, tell their whole life story, and yeah. they're like, in 48 hours, this is good, this is bad. Because there's only three genres now. It's goaded, mid, trash. There's nothing. There's no other genre. There's no other like. There's, there's you've never seen a comment in the last three years say this is pretty good, but what I think could be better. What? Yeah. It's this is the greatest thing I've ever heard, or this is garbage. Fuck. Everybody's bored. Every comment section. If you don't say this is ten out of ten or this is shit, your yeah. comment just is like it doesn't get read, doesn't get liked. You have to emote. And yeah. you're in so many comment sections a day that you're fucking bored and you're like, let me just say something fucked up in this comment section, good or bad. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So critics have to rush to make this like hyperbolic opinion about something that they haven't had time to digest. And everybody said great things about Frank in his early music. Yeah. But then he put out shit saying, I wrote these about a my best friend who was a boy who I loved. I wrote these about like, exactly the opposite of what you thought. And y'all related all these feminine things and all these other things to my words that I never said. Right. And it flipped everybody on their head. And I think right. so many people felt stupid that they instantly just went like, oh man, like they made it this big thing. Like they made it this news thing that he revealed his sexuality. But I think it really was to do with like, people had found their own meaning in that music and then he showed them what the meaning really was. Right. And they were like, what else are we missing? Yeah. What other shit am I listening to that we are just deciding the Pixies meant this or blah, blah, blah meant this. It's like, you don't fucking know. And he showed us the meat, like the putts art. You know what I mean? Like I never thought about getting a review out that quickly. I mean, that kid in Almost Famous took a year to write that article. <laughs> he had to follow those fuckers around on planes. It's not like that now. Like, I just, <laughs> you know what I'm I just bought a, uh, I, I buy anything Aphex Twin I can find. Any, right. Anything about him, any weird shit. And I bought an old NME the other day, 1999. Mm. Bro, they worked on the story about him for like six months. Yeah. Can tell they're checking in with him, checking back in yeah, with him, yeah. this and that. I'm like, if you could do that now, oh my God, we'd be reading whole different things than we are. It's I mean, like, I used to, I used to, listen, I used to buy every fucking month the source. I have oh. in this closet, I have boxes because I'm fucking stupid. Do you know about Scratch? Uh, that was just for DJs, though, right? It was the producer magazine. Yeah, the, yeah, I see that. I was Ooh, like, yeah, that's, that's that not was for my me. Shit. But I would buy the source and I still, I, you know, and I would like read these. I mean, these questions, I mean, they had in-depth articles about artists and you can tell it took, 
I mean, I don't, I don't, I mean, I guess that should exist. There are still music magazines and people are writing stuff, but there's not, everything's it's overwhelmed by digital only. Right. I read that Christian Bale thing in GQ the other day. That was pretty impressive because he don't really do interviews. I didn't read that. Is it good? It's really good. Like I I just saw, because I saw the photos and he just looked cool as shit. And I was like, oh man, they got Christian Bale. But then the interview, like he was like talking shit about how everybody who's ever gotten a role who's his age only got whatever leo threw oh because leo chucked it yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. like yeah. i saw that and i was like oh this has got to be a good interview and then i went and started reading it and it's like it was this they spent weeks and weeks on it yeah met with him a couple times yeah this and that and like that shit is just feels like there's actually a story there yeah you talk to someone for 30 minutes about this record it's like that's what, i mean this, what am i really getting out of it things just keep getting faster and yeah. christian bale is i remember um uh look at him i remember when he Man. he had a meltdown on one of those terminator films and it was this is like Right, this is before people got canceled for shit, but he was like a pre-canceled person. Yeah, yeah. And there was audio of him screaming at, at the director or the cinematographer. He's like, you're right Yeah, he's screaming, right? And I, and people were like, fuck this guy. I'm like, let me tell you something. This motherfucker played, he's from England and he yeah. played a white cholo to perfection in harsh, <laughs> not harsh times, in um, the fuck's movie. He plays a white cholo from like the east side of LA. So good. Yeah. It, and I'd known some fucking white children. It was insane. I was like, you can get, let this guy yell at whoever he wants because he's a finely tuned machine. Harsh times. Machinist? Harsh times, right? 2006. I never watched, I didn't want to watch that one. It freaked oh. me. I, it's the only thing I haven't seen is. It's it's worth watching. You got to watch, have you seen Harsh Times? I haven't seen Harsh Times. It's a really, it's not, it's not the best movie, but you got to watch it. It's mm. it's really good because. If he's in it, I'll watch it. He plays, he plays a white cholo and it's like, I cannot, I don't know how he did it. Yeah. It's so goddamn good. He, he captures LA. You know, like he said some shit in the interview about how like he had to tell Chris Rock he can't talk to him because like they were on set and Chris Rock just funny, always chatting shit, whatever. And he was like, dude, I'm sorry, but like if I like get to know you or start, you know what I mean? Like giving you information, this and that. He's like, whenever we get on screen, that shit ain't going to work. So I'm sorry, but I can't talk to you no so more. So it's kind of methody extremely methody but he knows it's like a meme already he yeah, knows yeah, that people yeah. are gonna be like oh look who's yeah. on set like yeah. can't leave the character yeah, yeah, but yeah. he had to like tell chris rock he's like bro we can't talk and, he, and the reason he doesn't do interviews is because he's like the acting thing don't work if y'all know everything about me right because when yeah. i get on screen you're thinking about my british accent and like my wife and da, da, da. he's like when you don't really know shit about me and i do american psycho you're like is he a weirdo yeah is he actually a weirdo? He knows you know to I mean? stay mysterious because when you get to know these dudes, you're like, oh, they're fucking nerds. That's the thing now. They're that's not cool. That's the only shit now that is sick though, right? Is like when when you're you're showing your social life and showing where you live and everything all the time is how you make money. Like you have to monetize your privacy now. Right. That's like with every artist, like the thing that'll make you the most money if you do that OnlyFans or you do that like architectural digest show your house thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People love that shit because it feels like an eye in. So when you you can like you monetize that you can make yeah. money off your privacy yeah if you don't tell people shit i love that you lose a lot of bread yeah. you lose a lot of opportunity you know what i mean from not tiktok in your your whole life all the time yeah. but like that's a di if you're really someone people give a fuck about that's the well it's the more most expensive it's, ticket and it's more important as an actor because you're a fucking actor yeah you're not there to be yourself you're there to you know like you're in it obviously but like Yes, you're not a commando. Like I think, I think Mark Wahlberg thinks that he's in special forces. Bro, I will, I will make bad music good in my head if I think the person's cool enough. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. if there's enough context yes. about this person where I'm like, oh shit, they were like off a fucking bender and like they were past some deadline and they told their label to go fuck themselves and this was the song they sent. Yeah. If that song sounds like ass. It's still like, whoa, like think of whoever the coolest artist is to you. It's like, holy shit, like 
Lou Reed told Clive Davis to go fuck himself, and then he he sent him this song. Right. It don't matter what that song is. I'm gonna play that shit and be like, hey, this is crazy. Just it's like that. Like, it's like that Scoopity Scoop song that Kanye did. Remember that whole thing? <laughs> it's not exactly like that. <laughs> Scoopity Whoop. But like, bro, like I love Bjork, and Bjork yeah. has some music to me that is unlistenable. Oh yeah, hundred yeah. <laughs> percent. But like, 100%. at the same time, like just the fact that like. It's her and she's such a weirdo. And I'm thinking yeah. about her in Iceland in the middle of some fucking island making yeah. this by herself. Yeah. I'll play that whole song through even if it's not a good song because I'm like, it's fucking sick. I loved Bjork when she attacked that uh, reporter. Because she fucked her up too. Yes, and I loved it because I'm like, fucking, because she's a crazy unhinged genius. And, and she attacks him and I'm like, I respect that because you're really not pretending like you no. really are that person. Yeah. And, she, and her choices, like she was in the fucking Lars von Trier movie. Like she's... She's, Have you seen the, the island they say that she lives on? No. Pull it up. Pull, Pull it up. Vision. They say Bjork, Bjork's island. So, tech, so I found out that she doesn't live on this island. Right. But there's this whole rumor that she bought this house in Iceland because there's this island in Iceland. It's like you can see if you're standing on the island, you can see the beginning and the end of it. It's like not that big. But it's this big crater with this big like green like quarry and in the middle of it there's a tiny house and they say bjork lives in that house (laughs) (laughs) but she does it no apparently she Uh. does it but like there's this dude on youtube he went and spent a night in it and there's no plumbing no electricity whatever but it's like a it's for like bird watchers there's a rare bird that goes to that island so sick that that's a rumor that that needs to be an A24 movie. 100%. It needs to just be a scene in like some movie with Daniel Day-Lewis and it'll be the greatest shit of all time. Yeah, just drop him in there with a, for nine months to prep. I don't care what, yeah, I don't care what he does. Have you been checking any movies? I know you're traveling a lot, but. Yeah, I t- I, I, my mom, like my mom loves going to movies. I try to do a Sundays with my mom and I took my mom, she wanted to see Bros this weekend. Your mom's out here? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah I got sure. her out here How's a couple bros? years ago too long and like it was funny and like you go into it no it's like oh like it's a movie about gay dudes in their 40s trying to find love there's never been a real gay rom-com it's a dude that did that the street interview billy on the street yeah, guy he, yeah it's funny and he always just seems like he's funny and i saw yeah. seth rogan was like this is the most i've laughed in the theater in five years so yeah. i was like man when's the last time you went to like a, a judd apatow it's been a minute, you know? Yeah. It was the last time you cracked up in the theater. It's yeah, but been... I just missed the like the that four years of like Paul Rudd's in every yeah, movie. Yeah. yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? There's always a they new had a lockdown. set. They had a lockdown, yeah, yeah. Bro, for like, a minute. You can name so many of them. And the know? movies were just about like, I went back and watched like randomly This Is 40 the night. Yeah. Which was like a, a sensation, right? Yeah, yeah. And I was like, it's just about it's just about like 40-year-old dudes smoking, like smoking weed and having kids. I was like, and also that's 40? Like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, and everyone Facts. in those movies too is like the funny thing about those movies is it's never like a couple people in a shitty apartment in fucking no. in Glendale. No. They're all they're all in like dude, it's like they're in a six million dollar house. Yeah. They're like, I don't know what I'm gonna do with my forgetting Sarah Marshall. His, yeah. like, his place is so sick. Yeah. <laughs> but um, like I miss that feeling and he, I saw him say that. My mom wanted to go. I took her, like it had moments. I cracked up a couple times, but like I, I think because of the how how big it is that, that he got to make that movie and yeah. he got to make on like a major scale this yeah, like yeah. gay rom-com thing yeah, yeah. it was just packed with like facts about like legendary gay authors and legendary gay protest people and this and that and i feel like he had this burden of not being able to just make a straightforward funny movie because right. he had to kind of make a statement with it oh he had to be political about it yeah so there was it was like there was an extra half hour 45 that i felt like they could have trimmed all of it but 
who am I to assist white male over here? Like, yeah, the gay right. movie could have been 30 minutes Less shorter. gay facts, sir. <laughs> yeah, like, so at the end of the day, it was good. Did you see, uh, have you seen Barbarian? No. You got to see that. It's sick? Just go see it. What Don't is even, it? Just go see it. It's okay. good. I think, you like horror movies? Yeah. It's you, good ones. Like, I'm into like like Jordan Peele kind of horror movies. Yeah. Did you, did you like Hereditary? Yeah. Okay. I love Hereditary. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not that kind of a horror movie. Okay. But it's not like that, you know, deep. But yeah. but like, it's it's a good, you got to see this movie. I also Barbarian. saw that. Yeah, Barbarian. It's just a, it takes place in Detroit and I, I just. I didn't even see that when I was looking. Amsterdam looks like shit. I'm not going to that, Amsterdam. That's what I'm hearing. I was about to go see it and I hear it's not looking it looks good. looks like shit. I saw a Triangle of Sadness last night. You know what that is? Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of like a send up of, of the rich and beautiful. It's by the guy that did the square. You ever see the square? No. Oh, uh, bro, you got to see the square. The square and uh, Force Majeure. You ever see that one? Force Majeure sounds familiar. It's a, Force Majeure starts where there's a, uh, these, this family's at a ski resort and an avalanche comes down. I've never seen it. Okay, well, this is how it starts. They're at a ski resort and the avalanche is coming down the mountain yeah. and it's a man and his wife and kids and the avalanche comes and it hits the deck and the husband abandons the family and runs inside and doesn't grab them. And that's classic, how it starts. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you should see, I would, I would see uh, barbarian. It's, it's definitely like, it's fun. It's accessible and it's worth seeing. Um, not to, and shout out to the dude. I was taking, I take my dog to the movie sometimes, you know? Really? Yeah. Where do they let you do that? They don't give, no one gives a shit about anything. Oh, your dog's so small. I brought, I used to, I, I brought entire birthday cakes in the theaters. They don't, they don't give a <laughs> shit. Um, but I, I took my dog to the theater and I was, I was, I was um, put, arranging the dog and I had this big fucking, big ass wallet and, and I dropped it in the parking lot of the theater once to see the movie knowing in the back of my mind I was like I lost my wallet yeah and I was like okay I'm let it go because sometimes I think the wrong thing yeah come out looking for my wallet my girlfriend's like there's no way I would have heard it fall I'm like no you don't hear anything you can barely hear me talk <laughs> and uh <laughs> kidding, she's not watching this uh and uh long story short I go through the whole mental thing of like okay I gotta replace the wallet. Cards, I gotta like yeah. you go, and it's it's this little like it's this whole cycle of sadness yeah. of like it's like a, it's like going through a breakup. You accept it. You angry, stupid, denial. But, yeah, 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 denial. Yeah. And then you accept. And you go, okay, next week I'll replace all the shit. The license will take a month, and then I drop her off at home, and fucking dude DMs me, and he's like, I found your wallet. Wow, that's a one in a million, right? The it's happened. It's happened to me a couple. T- I had someone return my wallet and put it in my mailbox in my house. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Is that a comb wallet? Yeah. I just made a big move a week ago and I had that wallet in green. Yeah. And I decided never again because that wallet has ruined some fits for me. Like you ever put out a good fit and just that wallet just bulging out of it the It bulges pocket? out of everything. Okay, yeah. let me tell you something. <laughs> I, did, I did a thing last week. <laughs> We're going card carrier. Card carrier with money separately? I don't really carry cash, but I got well. How tight are your ID, pants? I, I, huh? Is it your t- your pants are so tight they're they can read the tight. numbers? No, no, no. I'm saying even in like a suit that I know that wallet and that wallet shape it's it is chunky, a bulge master. And if you're putting yeah. that in your back pocket, your back is fucked up. There's yeah, no, no way. You sit on in the car. You're like you're okay. like this. So I'm not saying you have to go Bottega. You know, I don't know how well this podcast is doing, but I'm I'm just saying <laughs> that the the card carrier form. Yeah, yeah. bro. I can put my my phone and this same side. You're not doing that with that wallet. No, it's there's it's, you've never same side like of that with your phone, not no. even once. No, no, no issue with this. And then on top of that, let me tell you one more thing. AirTag, good buddy. Ah, smart. AirTag in the wallet. 
I thought that shit got lost in fucking theater four row H. I would have known, you know, and, and let me ask you about this air tag. Yeah. Yeah. How does it recharge? It's, I don't ask questions. Okay. Don't, but, I'm getting yeah, to Yeah. I just let it. <laughs> Just, just let, let it, it do its thing. Let, let it live there. Honestly, let, let the it's not, what, what battery is it really like? It's not really, it's not all the time just like checking in with my phone. You know, it's only when you check on it. Have I you tested like. it? Have you lost it and found it? I haven't lost it and found it, but I definitely have like just made sure that it's working. I used to, I used to stick a tile and I lost my, I lost my wallet on a fucking, Bro. on a, on a, on a Gravitron and, and found it. Just once. look at the, just look at like the, the like circumference even like it's, it's insane this is all this is the shape you need you can have the amount of dollars you need the amount then of cars. my cash needs to go i mean i don't carry I only why carry do you cash need so, all this well, cash if I, if I go to i don't i don't there's not that much cash. <laughs> if i go play cards that goes in another pocket anyways yeah but on card night you can wear a special cool jacket with Here, a cash pocket here's the thing okay here's the thing about me is that i'm very fucking thick i'll do the same thing over and over again for a decade without changing i thought you were just saying you're thick like Here's the thing about me, Kenny. I'm very fucking thick. I look you right in the eyes. That's crazy. I'm very thick. <laughs> There's something you don't know about me, dog. I'm fucking thick. You're no, saying, oh, you're saying thick like uh, thick, like someone from like, the 50s. Yeah, like yeah, I'm not like, stupid. Yeah, yeah. but I'm kind of dumb. You know what I mean? Like, yes. I'm not stupid, but I will try to like carry everything up the stairs at one time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. like, you know, I'm not stupid. One time, I had your mind is other places. You have I'm, other I'm preoccupied. stuff. I'm preoccupied. Yeah, yeah. I get that. Yeah. So you planted a seed. I'll think about it. But I love, I just something I love about this wallet. I don't know what it is. I've, I have that exact wallet and I just put it to rest. And you might just be three, four months behind me I'm as behind. far as how sick so you are of it. But like, I got sick of it. I like this wallet because it's polarizing. Because people look at it and go, what the fuck's wrong with you? Or they're like, I love your wallet. Because some people hate it. If you know, you know, though. I knew, I knew what that wallet was as soon as you pulled it out. You know what I mean? If you know, you know. You know what blows my mind about this wallet is that these polka dots, they, they don't rub off. They, this they, thing. they do a lot of them look like shit no but you know it's because it was it was being kicked around a parking lot but the, it's amazing how how whatever Colm, Colm, cut the check send us we need some wallets get send some bottega louis what if Colm sent you all the shit with the little heart on it right now that you're are you rocking it oh uh, no what the heart no that's not me. the little fucking heart joint you got uh, some heart no i don't have some heart you some, no 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 i used to though I, when, I, when i was selling weed to tde i definitely had the hearts on yeah that was the heart era big time i had the i had the cardigan with the black heart on the black yeah. cardigan it's so interesting things. i had an mcm backpack oh god that's that's crazy <laughs> i had a chief keith chief keith gucci belt with like so it's like the big gucci emblem with like the red and green belt supreme head to toe yeah double rl jeans yeah oh my god uh jordan fours oh mcm backpack oh dude and then probably like louis wallet with the chain too much stuff the, the, the this is this is how <laughs> i was pulling up on td louis wallet yeah. with the chain yeah because currency had it yeah and then uh backpack full of gas and then probably maybe a comb heart vibe and, under and you're the, also like 8.2 feet tall and, and it's six just foot like, seven barely yeah. fitting in the double xl yeah. like my you can see what i had for lunch <laughs> oh man it's it's crazy because uh you're wearing a lot of shit and you're like i gotta listen to that like i gotta, I gotta pull out all the guns for that i gotta know but six six like crank mops <laughs> just toyed up yeah toyed the fuck up <laughs> but we got to talk about this real quickly before we go uh you okay I didn't even talk. We didn't. We didn't tell anyone who you are. They're gonna figure that out. But what I will talk about is this: 
there was a graffiti magazine called 12 ounce profit which yeah, yeah. then turned into a graffiti forum big forum right a big forum now at the time I didn't spend time in these forums. I know I'm pretty sure GK was in those forums. You you're you were on the forums. I was in there visually, right? Yeah, because like it it went alphabetically and numbers were first. And right. so there was like a two-tone link. I get to go first in a lot of places you, with that you, too. There was a Flickr collection that you were in right. for sure. Yeah, there's some there's some there's some graffiti. Does that does that forum still exist? I don't know if the backlogs of it are still there. I haven't looked in years. It'd be so hard if I just started getting on the forum, just trying to be like, who are you? I'm like, I'm two-tone from like this, this thread is four years old. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they have um, apparel now. They have a yeah, store. 12-ounce so profit. So our man Kenny was, uh, tell, us, tell, us, tell us about your history of 12-ounce profit. I was, the, I was like one of the first interns there. Yeah. And so. Where it, was there? Where was it? Um, the headquarters was on Green Street in Soho. And if you like. We're ever in Soho for any reason from like 2012 to 2016. You probably saw like 8 million 12 ounce stickers. They just used to be bombed everywhere. But basically, I had a Flickr that did a lot of views of just all pics of graffiti I took on mostly Metro North. So the train that ran between Connecticut and Grand Central Station. And it was just like a lot of legends. You know what I mean? A lot of like people who I don't even know if they're still up or this or that, but I, I, I had 60 JA photos. You know what I mean? I had like 150 revs photos in one place, which Sick. holy shit. I don't know if that's, yeah, I mean, that's some of it. Let me see. Yeah, no, this was, this is like a later thing, but yeah, look, Louis BTM was my favorite. There's so many Louis in here. I actually interviewed Cedar or Jesse from BTM later on. Faust, whoa. But uh, yeah, like I just would take pictures basically of everything on this one train line. And then I got obsessed with like cost and revs. Yeah. Once I found out kind of about, I was like, I was a little younger. Like they kind of were already done. Like I think revs was doing like sculptures or some shit by the time I got into them. But I heard about the, uh, the thing in the tunnels. The things he would write in between every subway stop. His right? autobiography in the tunnels. Yeah, so he'd Crazy. like he would carve out a big ten foot by thirteen foot slab and just paint it white or yellow, and then he would write a story. Crazy. And it'd be real fucked up shit sometimes, and just real like weird dark stories from his life. But I had the biggest collection of them, and I only took some of the photos. A lot of them I collected and found other places for this rev shit. All the other shit on my Flickr I took, but. I ended up writing a paper about bro, like for school and shit. Like I was just super into it. And I went to 12 ounce and showed them like my, that, that was me on Flickr. And they just hired me to like do interviews. Right. So I interviewed guys from Iraq. I interviewed guys from uh, Seventh Letter. I interviewed guys from- Who'd you BT. get from Seventh Letter? I did Risk. It was my like first or second interview. How's and that? he was doing- uh, The Raging Cajun Risk. Well, he was doing like a gallery- thing with boston museum of fine arts and oh, so yeah. he was speaking about some graffiti thing there so i caught him there and i was like going from 12 ounce like da, 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 and he just like gave me some time do you but, have you ever seen what he's up to these days i haven't everyone's i thought i know risk is risk is uh, i know risk he's in one of my crews right so yeah um or maybe vice versa anyways he goes live on instagram mm -hmm. and it's like he just has these like it's it's like it's literally what my 16 year old brain would have never been able to imagine as graffiti Valhalla, yeah. right? He's got like, he's got this compound 
and he's like, ah, we're going live. He's just very nonchalant. And there's like, a, there's a taco truck. There's like 30 people there. He has a barn that's like a studio and then a house and then like a gallery. It's like this huge compound. Mm-hmm. And he just has cameras floating around. And he's like, yeah, we're just doing, we're hanging out with this person. There's like, there's like, it's like, it's like a, it's like, it's like the dude's house in Zoolander. Like some lady's blowing glass <laughs> here. Someone's painting a picture. There's like, there's a band playing. It's fucking insane. Whoa. Whenever I see it pop on, I look and I'm like, God damn, I fucked up. Because like he, he somehow like, he somehow kept, he stayed with graffiti the whole time. Yeah. He never wavered from anything. And now he's just, he's just like, is living in this like, I can't, it's insane. You gotta, you gotta tune in sometimes. It's, it's pretty funny. I like, remember, I remember like everybody that I've found, I've talked to you about some of these people like off camera and shit, but everybody that I found to be super sick was always like really adverse to the idea of like, ever turning it into a gallery thing or yeah. legitimizing it. Like to me, I always thought like J.A. was the sickest. You know what I mean? I always thought like the most like burnt out people who did the gnarliest shit were the coolest. And that was yeah. never the guys you'd see like at some gallery that was showing street art shit. They would never do that. Yeah. And I remember like I had this homie, he's still my homie, Curtis Kulig, who used to write Love Me. Uh-huh. And his shit started getting picked up in a commercial way. Like they, they, they had ripped off his designs and shit for some target thing. But then like he did a Diane von Furstenberg thing. And then like he was really successful in like the gallery, like branding world. Bro, in New York, people fucking hated him. Hated him. You the writers, know, writers don't like that shit. Because it's not. Yeah, because well, like, he wasn't like it's a not writer. really writing. Yeah, he but, he, but he did. But he yeah. got away from it and started doing like yeah. art or whatever. And whenever I saw that, I was like, man, like good for him. You know what I mean? Doing his thing. But there's not really a lot of people that split that difference. You know what I mean? Of like being able like, like risk. It seemed like he was already such a legend and so respected that when he followed through and started doing gallery shit and branding shit and bigger stuff and showing his face and this and that, it didn't take anything away from it. Whereas like in New York, it almost felt like it's the same with rap. It's like this too cool thing. Once you break through to like really making bread, you never get that cool factor thing back. And like, Even to this day, like seeing, I, I, I talked to uh, to Ben Solomon today, like seeing Iraq doing Supreme collabs now and an Adidas Samba and Travis Scott's wearing Iraq hats and shit like that. Like that, they were the fucking coolest to me when I was a kid, but it's taken 10, 15 years for that to be a thing where it's not like looked at as like, oh, sell out. Da, da, da. Now you see that and you're like, oh, well, they're, they're getting it shine. It doesn't exist. There's no such thing as selling out. I mean, I started to understand Anymore. that with my own career. You know what I mean? Like I started to figure like, is like making the coolest shit ever, like only something I can do without making money or can I make cool shit and make money? And there's always going to be someone who's like, oh, bro, like. I respect the dudes that are still to this day, the grimy fucking, like I have nothing. Like I have the utmost respect. Also, those guys have the best hand styles in the world because they've never stopped, right? I respect those guys. Those guys are still thugging out. But I also understand that like at some point you're like, well, I've given my whole life to this thing and And no recognition. Yeah. Or also like, why not figure out how to make a buck out of it? Or I have to get a job as a fucking plumber or tattoo or something. Nothing wrong with that either. No. But if you could spend time doing something that's somewhat enjoyable or art full time for money. Yeah. Yeah, Full time. like, Like, yo, I listen, I still to this day, I feel like 
you know, I talk about the top three jobs and I think that like one of them is professional surfer because like all you do is you wear shorts and you tuck into big barrels and you just fucking you're, you're stoked all the time and you go to beautiful places. Yeah. And that's all you do and you're exercising, you're eating fucking pokey and it's like life is great from yeah. what I see. I think another one is fine artist from what I see sitting in a, in a gallery painting and listening to music as your job. So you got the demand. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. It seems beautiful. Um and then probably like uh, I think maybe there's probably moments of being a, a, a top tier musician, which which could be amazing. But uh, all of those things, there's grass is always greener. You know what I'm saying? Totally, grass is always greener. Yeah, but it's it's, it's cool to see a legend like Riss end up being someone who can have this fucking warehouse with all this cool shit going on, That's pretty cool. and still have people like you know what I mean? Who he literally hasn't him as, as the guy. Yeah, yeah he like, hasn't changed. He's just like I went to I went to like like early school days with uh, Rich Hill figure. Tommy Hilfiger's son. Oh yeah, I remember him. And he started getting tatted by Norm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was my first exposure to like AWR, you know what right. I mean? And, and so much shit out here. And it was just like, like you said, like I always love dudes who just bomb the same two letters everywhere. And I was like about how prolific it was to me. Yeah. And then you started seeing guys out here where it's just like the techiest, most unbelievable, gorgeous, like not just hand style shit, but like pieces. Yeah. And like, like honestly, Smart Crew was the only shit in New York that I ever was like, they would do these, like they do a South Park bus and every letter would be a different South Park character and the whole bus would be the mountain. Like, and they would do these crazy big things. But to me, I never was into shit like that until I started seeing shit from out here. Yeah, And it was just, it's still such a different thing. You don't see the same kind of writing in the same kind of places with the same kind of like, characters out here in new york ever i don't think like i still no, it's don't totally different it's such a different thing it's a different technical thing out here and but i i look at it all and i'm like if i had to do it over again because i when i came up it was everything was about doing burners yeah and then this guy this guy had gotten our crew he left he was from a legendary crew called ksn he got into awr and msk this guy crushed and then i would paint with him he's my friend he'd be like two you gotta paint you have to go big. I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, go 30 feet. I'm like, what? Wasn't the, then this like Cedar did the LA river and it was like 30 Saber, yeah. Saber. Yeah. The LA, it was like how many feet tall? It was, you, it was. Oh, Cedar's BTM. 150. I mean, it was three train lanes. He like ruined his knee. Three, yeah, he, blew, he ruined, ruined his, his knee body. doing it. Three train. Listen to the Saber episode of this podcast. It'll, you'll shit your Oh, pants. wow. I didn't it know it was. It is insane. Wow. It'll blow your fucking mind. Wow, He's wow, wow. a fucking maniac. Bro, but like the, the big, the biggest thing as far as big was like like revs and them doing paint roller shit on the yeah. side of the high line or yeah. something like that like yeah. whenever i heard about him doing la river sabers but that's where we got it from Bro. we saw revs and them doing rollers and all all of us in the west coast were like oh we're gonna do rollers and then people would just go out and paint with buckets of paint they weren't even taking because everything just got about being bigger and i'd show up and they'd be like here's like a hundred gallons of paint and some <laughs> and some shit to outline with I'm like what are you guys doing i just want to do a I just want to give me a little 20 foot piece. You know, it's they're like, fun. we're going to fucking, you know. Yeah. Um, it was the size of a football field. The Saber piece. Three train lengths. I drove my Jesus. truck on it when he was doing it. I, He's like, come by. I'm driving on his piece. It was fucking insane. That's unbelievable. <sighs> um, Well, what a what a show. That was fucking fun. Come on. That was great. Damn, that, that was it. That was quick. That was fast. We oh, went yeah, over. Easy. Yeah, we went over. I mean, we could do this. Album. Huh? Album. Louie. Oh yeah, Louis, come on. Louis. You got to hear it first. I did. I got to hear it. I got to hear it. I got to get the inside scoop on the project, the concept. Yeah, yeah. 
how's it how's all that going the rollout's happening you're making the videos yeah 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 i mean we've dropped like some stuff we have a lot more stuff going like i i always said i would never make an album i'm a producer you know what yeah. I mean? i've made a million albums with people but yeah. like i never thought i had anything interesting to say and then i made this record and now that i made a record it's like i can't believe the people that put up instagram stories for three weeks about something they worked on all year like i'm gonna be promoting this for a year. I'm gonna yeah. still be talking about Louie a year from now. You know what I mean? Like you think you could do it? I'm gonna be. That's sick. I'm happy I made the kind of record I made because like I can listen to it for so long because it's not all raps, it's not all people all the time. It's a lot of instrumental shit. So like I don't really get sick of having to hear it and talk about it over and over. Like I love it, you know? Because the news cycle is it's so fucking fast of Dude. everything, right? I mean, I think the I think the longest running thing. I think the longest thing I saw running was like WAP when it came out. Yeah. That was like for a summer, like that thing lasted for like maybe a month, six weeks, think, right? Well, think about even like with a collection with you guys or something, it's like all the designs, all the colorways, all the blanks, all the production, everything could take so long. And like best case scenario, you sell out in a couple of days and then yeah. it's like on to the next. On, yeah, it's it's relentless and <laughs> yeah. insane. And plus the content that goes with it, plus the, it's like- <laughs> It's so crazy. So, so with, with this, like now that's my first record, I got to do my dream label. I'm doing it with XL Records. Right. You know, like they do Adele, they do Radiohead, they do King Cruel. Crazy. They do the gnarliest shit. So like what's great about being with them is they're all creative all the time and there's not this expectation. I'm at an independent label, even though they're legendary and they do legendary shit. They did Prodigy, they did Gil Scott Heron. Like they don't talk to you about like first week sales right. and about like, the Spotify rollout plan. They're just talking to you about like doing something that has impact. Yeah, that's not what this is. You're it's not, different, yeah, you know? Yeah. So like being able to do it with them, like it's just been beautiful because I made it for my dad initially and not like, oh, I love you dad, but like my dad have a fucked up relationship. I wanted to make an album for people who have a struggle with somebody they love. Yeah. You know, oh, when cool. I, and when I made it, I was like, man, this is worth putting out. And like XL just, they got it instantly. I never even talked to another label. That's you know? crazy. Yeah. It's really, I think it's really, uh, I can't think of a better word, but I think it's really special that you're in a place where you can release a piece of work like that, mm. that you're actually not worried about the commodification and the numbers, right? And it's done better than every time I was worried, you know? I do, I've done a whole records for a lot of California artists, a lot of artists from everywhere. And like, Every time me and Vince Staples drop a project, whenever me and Freddie Gibbs have done a project, whenever I did a project with O3 Greedo before he went to jail, like their fan base and their career and all these things get weighed into how people feel about my work with that artist. Mm. Oh, this was better before Kenny worked with them or, oh, Kenny made it 10 times better. There's all this exaggeration. Like I said, like every comment section is 10 out of 10 or trash. Yeah, yeah. There's no middle. <laughs> right. Goat, mid, or, or fucking ass. Yeah, so like for me to drop a project and this be my first thing and get the love I'm getting, get the good Fantano review and get all this different shit. It's like, man, like I'm waiting for the hate. I'm like scared that there's not enough hate because people have been right. so nice about right. it. But it was the one time I stopped worrying about that. Yeah. And that's why I think, cause they could feel it, you know? Like oh, that's I, cool. whenever I'm sitting there like, oh, are people gonna like this beat or not? That's the shit people are up in arms about. When I stop thinking about if it's gonna do well on Twitter or whatever, that's yeah. when the shit went really well, you know? Yeah, I respect that, man. I, I feel like I'm trying to, I'm working to get to a place where I can do things purely for the sake of doing them instead of trying to hit a fucking number, you know? Cause it, it gets, it becomes, uh, don't you laugh at me. I'm always, I'm always bitching about the show not bringing in enough money. 
Um, and I'm like, whatever. It's uh, about consistency. It's yeah. A, it's about how much you do it. You know yeah. what I mean? I think like, like, like you, you hit me whenever I dropped that video with like the firecrackers and shit. Yeah. And it was out for like 10 minutes and you're like, who shot this? You yeah. know what I mean? Like I've gotten more of my homies saying shit to me about this stuff. And that's my always barometer is like, do my friends think it's fucking cool? Yeah, yeah, I have yeah. cool ass friends. Yeah. That's the one thing I know is my friends have good taste. Right. And so whenever my like, we know, you know, like when you do a certain collection and a lot of like the homies hit you, when yeah, you guys yeah, did like yeah, the GK yeah. thing this yeah. year, I'm sure a lot of people were like, oh, that's sick. Yeah. You know, and it's like, we're not doing lame shit. So it's not yeah. like you need a pat in the back all the time, but it does feel cool. Like my two idols are Madlib and Rick Rubin. They both right. text me about Louie. Oh, yeah, you know sick. that to me like i give a fuck about a sale or yeah. a review I, yeah, yeah i won yeah you know yeah that is that is honestly it's a barometer that is the best that is the ultimate like with this show with anything i do a, a video i shoot a, a piece i design or this yep. show the best thing is when someone because your friends also don't gas you up my friends don't gas me up by anything they're not they don't shit on me it's like yeah Yeah. they'll shit they're like i don't want that you know and when someone i respect says they like it i'm like it's so fulfilling for me yeah and it keeps me going a little bit longer you know for sure it's important it's important um well what a what a show what a good we did a good show together we covered a lot of topics talked about obesity fast food peanut oil uh, this is my first this Radiohead. is my first episode I'm gonna come back yeah you gotta come back I wanna do one of the I like it whenever it's like you got a bunch of people here some of those are so funny when you've had like four people five people here those ones are insane yeah you the heavy you, you Maddie wanna, Benny oh. that is insane I know I gotta get Benny back on I should, we gotta get it. the thing with I'll come, on, I'll come on with Benny I saw Benny the other day yeah, yeah come on come on with Benny the thing with Benny is great is that he's un <laughs> he's uninterviewable I go Benny <laughs> I go, Benny, tell me. He goes, what are you doing? What's this? Why do you have this here? What's this house? He looks at my house. He goes, it's so nice in here. I'm like, shut up, dude. <laughs> He's like, this is so interesting. These are called paint. I'm like, this is a, an apartment. You Benny. know, I had the, the Maddie and Benny came and did an episode of the freestyle show I oh, do. Oh, yeah, yeah, And Maddie wrapped about just fucking his wife. Right. It was the yes. worst shit ever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks uh, for having me, bro. Yeah, thank you for coming. Come on, love. Good Always. shit. And I'll, and I'll, and I'll, and I'll take your... Uh, I'll take your wallet advice under consideration. I'm trying to help you, I'm all over. No, I feel you. Because as I get up and stuff this in my back pocket, it's like I'm walking around the booster seat. No, it's over. You're going to fuck your back up. Yeah. Boom!